as we get into the word. Pray with me if you would. Say it out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I open my heart and I open my ears and I expect you to speak to me and minister to me right where I am. My ears are open and my heart is ready for what you have for me right now in Jesus' name. Now, Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that, it, that you do speak to us, that you minister to us right where we are. We thank you, Lord, that uh, as we uh, come before your word, that this word really does speak to exactly where we're at. And we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in our hearts and in this church and in our families. But Lord, today, as we approach your word, we thank you that you speak to us and you minister to us right where we are. And we just give you glory. We give you honor right now in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, amen, amen. Uh, you can be seated. Give your neighbor a high five first, though. Amen. Hallelujah. If y'all don't mind, I'm going to sit another Sunday or two here. Amen. Uh, things are improving every day, and I'm excited. Praise God. I, I thought I'd give you some hillbilly wisdom today before we start. Is that okay? Because we're from the south, right? Yeah, all right. Well, here's some hillbilly wisdom. Your fences need to be horse high, pig tight, and bull strong. Keep skunks, bankers, and politicians at a distance. That's pretty good, huh? Life is simpler when you plow around the stump and not through the stump. A bumblebee is always considerably more faster than a John Deere tractor. Words that soak into your ears are whispered not yelled. That's good. The best sermons are lived, not preached. It's also where I get the statement, live your life right so the preacher don't have to lie about you at your funeral. Amen. Because he knows. Amen. If you don't take the time to do it right, you'll find the time to do it twice. <laughs> Amen, that's good. Don't corner something that's meaner than you. <laughs> Don't pick a fight with an old man. If he is too old to fight, he'll just kill you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> a lot of these old folks, we pack in heat. Amen. You cannot unsay a cruel word. You don't... It don't take a very big person to carry a grudge either. Every path always has a few puddles. And when you wallow with the pigs, you can expect to get dirty. <laughs> don't be banging your shin on a stool that's not in the way. <laughs> Bar that's kind of, you ever walk through a parking lot and some big old fella's got a pickup truck with a huge hitch out of the back of it and you just happen to come in contact with that without looking? That's a real glorifying experience, amen. Isn't it? That's like stuffing your toe on some table in the house in the middle of the dark. Just makes you want to shout, doesn't it? All right. Um, barring trouble from the future doesn't deplete the, uh, barring trouble from the future doesn't deplete the supply. Most of the stuff people worry about ain't never going to happen anyway. Don't judge folks by their relatives. Amen. I hear an amen from you. All right. Don't interfere with something that ain't bothering you none. 
Well, that's really smart right there. Timing has a lot to do with the outcome of the rain dance. <laughs> if you find yourself in a hole, the first thing you need to do is stop digging. Sometimes you get, and sometimes you get got. <laughs> the biggest troublemaker you'll ever have to deal with watches you from the mirror every morning. Always drink up herd from the, uh, always drink upstream from the herd. Good judgment comes from experience, and most of that comes from bad judgment. Letting the cat out of the bag is a whole lot easier than putting that cat back in that bag. If you get to thinking you're a person of some influence, try ordering somebody else's dog around. Live a good, honorable life. Then when you get older and think back, you'll enjoy it a second time. <laughs> That's good. Live simply. Love generously. Care deeply. Speak kindly. And leave the rest to God. Amen. Sometimes we hold grudges and you know, we think we need to say something. But a lot of times you just need to shut your mouth. Because he saw it. And God always takes care of business. But that's a good quote. I got one more here, but let me read that one again. Live simply, love generously, care deeply, speak kindly, and leave the rest to God. And then lastly, most times it just gets down to common sense when you live your life right. Amen? So today, we've been talking about predicting your future, predicting your 2024 and we've shared several things with you last Sunday. Go back and listen again. We gave you five, uh, five things you need to do as far as five godly character traits of the faithful. And we're talking about things that are important so that you can have a wonderful 2024, but every day of your life so you can have a wonderful life. Amen. Um, it's not just a movie at Christmas time. You can live a wonderful life every day. But it's how we live it that counts. Amen. We need to live according to the word. We need to live according to the things of God. We need to live uh, 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 by being faithful. And today, I just want to read a couple of the main scriptures as we get into what I want to share with you today. But the Bible talks about here uh, in uh, uh, Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. This is from the Amplified Translation. But it says, uh, He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is dishonest in, and unjust in a very little thing is dishonest and unjust also in much. In the voice translation, right under that, it reads, If you're faithful in a small-scale matter, or in small-scale matters, you'll be faithful with far bigger responsibilities. If you're crooked in small responsibilities, you'll be no different in bigger things. And I don't know about you, and, and this applies to today's message just as much as it has last Sunday and the Sunday before. But I have found that trying to become more like Jesus will yield a far better result than trying to become better than me. Or, be, or, or a better me, I should say. I have found that trying to become more like Jesus always yields a far better result than trying to become a better me. Come on. I mean, the Bible says he must increase and I must what? Decrease. Amen. He must increase. I must decrease. In fact, John chapter 3 and verse 30 says, He must increase, but I must decrease. And I love the way, love the way it reads in the Amplified. It says, He must grow more prominent. I must grow less so. 
He must grow more prominent. I must grow less so. Amen. And you know, uh, last Sunday I almost ran past this scripture, but this morning I want to start this message off with this verse. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 11. And really, this, is, this should be a daily thing with each of us. This should be uh, a premier verse for our new year every year. But we should seek the Lord and His strength, yearn for and seek His face to be in His presence continually. Let me read that again. We should seek the Lord and His strength, yearn for and seek His face and to be in His presence continually. I don't know about you, but as we walk through each week of this new year, as, as the year moves into the, uh, the first part of spring, as we move into the first part of the summer, as we move in, moving on down the line towards the, uh, uh, the fall time, uh, as we move towards these things, every day we should be seeking Him, His strength, yearn for, seek His face, and be in His presence. Amen. Because it's a big part of how we predict every day of our lives. And you know, something to me that's real important is being faithful. And I shared last Sunday a little bit about that. Um, you know, uh, uh, and, and, and I know I've talked about it off and on a lot. I know I do. But I know one of the things that impressed Phil when he hired me is I grabbed his horn and I blew the spit out of it after he got through playing on stage. And I know that might sound gross to you, but I knew how to clean it too. And while he was in the speaker's room talking, I took his horn apart and I cleaned it. And he looked at me, he goes, how did you know to do that? I said, well, I used to play trombone in high school. And, you know, when you have a servant's heart, you have a, a faithful spirit, you do what you put your hand to and you don't quit. You stick to it. Well, it was by the end of the week, he talked to my dad, he talked to my, the night school director, he had talked to Jimmy Dupree, he had talked a little bit to Norval in the back room, and I got a job. You know, a lot of times we spend our lives trying to tell other people what to do, but we won't obey God ourselves. Because a lot of people would rather hold a microphone than hold a broom. Amen. But see, there's a price to be paid. If you want to be blessed beyond your wildest dreams, you have got to learn to be faithful. Because faithfulness opens the door for greater things. Every time. I can go through our lives, and, and I don't want to do this today because I want to get you guys out of here bef way before time here today, but um, there's just so many things in our lives where we set our hand to something, we did it, we never quit, we never let go, we kept doing it, we kept doing it, we kept doing it, we kept doing it, and then suddenly's happened along the way. If you want more suddenlies in your life, you need to learn to be more faithful. Amen. And faithfulness also brings up another part of faithfulness. If we talk about being faithful, we have to talk about this point today. And that is, and write it down, that is having an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit. Would you say that out loud with me? An excellent spirit. Say it again. An excellent spirit. Well, let me tell you a story today. You know, and in the year 605 B.C., well, that was long before you and me, wasn't it? Amen. In the year 605 B.C., 
there was this young man. He was actually a teenager. And this young man's name was Daniel. Daniel was um, deported to Babylon, we should say. Daniel was, uh, was not alone. In fact, uh, thousands of captives had been taken from Judah and then deported all the way to Babylon. And if you know the story, the Babylonians, they took the treasures of Solomon's palace, they, the temple, they, they also uh, they, they transported all this stuff. They stole it, basically. But the Babylonians had subdued all the provinces ruled by Assyria and had consolidated their empire into an area that covered much of the Middle East. I, I love here in Finnis Dake, I have videotape, and we're gonna, I'm getting that transferred so we can watch it and do a camp meeting again this summer. Um, Finnis Dake talks in, at Melody Land Christian Center uh, in California back during the, uh, I think it was the early, uh, late 50s, early 60s, and he puts on a, a, a board up on the, on the platform and he shows the entire Assyrian Empire. And that entire Assyrian Empire, when you read about Daniel's time, the visions that Daniel had, that all our Bible prophecy teachers quote, that was what Daniel saw as the world, the entire Assyrian Empire. Now look at what's been going on in the Middle East, and you can kind of start seeing things maybe that you hadn't thought about before. And I'm just throwing that out there because it's really powerful. And instead of all this fear-mongering and fear-preaching, we've got to realize what's back in place is really centered in one place. And, and it's interesting watching that. But Daniel's worldview revolved around that ancient part of the world. It's ancient to us. But Daniel, uh, the Babylonians, they have subdued everything that was ruled by the Assyrians, and they've consolidated their empire that covered pretty much all of the Middle East. And in order to govern that mass kingdom, they had slaves, Jews, slaves who had been educated or possessed with exceptional skills. Have you ever met somebody that had exceptional skills? You know, after we had Jane's funeral here, people stayed for a long time. And I met some people that I did not know. I'd only known them from a distance. But they were people with exceptional skills. And it reminded me of Daniel. Uh, one gentleman in particular. But, you know, uh, in order to, to, to govern this massive kingdom, this massive kingdom that encompassed the Middle East, slaves that had been educated, who possessed these exceptional skills, they were called upon by the Babylonian government, if you can believe it. But they only called upon the sharpest minds, only those with wisdom, only those with an understanding and only those that could be placed trustfully or trustworthy into a uh, leadership role. And you know who was one of those young men? Daniel. Everybody say Daniel. He was one of those young men. And he was selected along with three of his friends for leadership training programs. Amen. He was selected because he showed the smarts he showed the heart of a servant. He showed the willingness, and I, don't wanna, I wanna say this the right way. He was in slavery, yes, but he showed the willingness to serve. And it was a different spirit about Daniel. And it had to do a lot with who he was 
but who his God was and how he was raised. But Daniel was something else. Daniel was one of those men that were selected, but he was selected along with three of his friends, and they were selected for a special leadership training program. Well, the scripture that I want to point out to you about Daniel is what we read in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. And read this with me out loud, all together. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Wow. Here's a slave, an exceptional young man, well-versed, had a servant's heart. He was faithful. He had an excellent spirit about him, according to this verse, that was noticeable. You know, you want to go somewhere in life, you better have a faithful heart, but you better have an exceptional spirit too, an excellent spirit. Amen. Promotion comes that way. How many of you would like to see more promotion come to your life this year? These last two Sundays, I've given you two of the biggest keys of your life. And you need to excel in those traits because they matter. Faithfulness matters. An excellent spirit matters. I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't been for those two things. And I believe that with all of my heart. I'm not bragging on me. I'm just saying sometimes it was not easy and it hurt to do some things. But you know what? God's faithful to you if you'll be faithful to Him. Amen. But you know what? Daniel, I think it's amazing, this story. The king, in this verse, the king considered him. He was so impressed with Daniel. The king of Babylon was so impressed with Daniel that the king even considered placing Daniel as a governor over the entire kingdom. As a young man. A teenager. Think about that. He really showed some character in his life. I think it's amazing. Daniel, think it, we got to remember, Daniel was a what? A slave. Daniel was a captive. Daniel was from a conquered kingdom. <laughs> but even though he was a captive, and in the normal way of thinking... It would be considered that, you know, he's a slave, he's a captive. We can't trust this young man. He could be a, a, a what's a subservient? Uh, um, uh, some, he could be a, somebody that's going to bring destruction to the kingdom secretly. We've got, we got to watch him. Let's put him in chains and lock him up. But that's not what the king wanted to do. The king saw greatness in him. The king saw a faithful spirit. The king saw excellence. And the king wanted to place him as a governor. Over all the whole kingdom. Wow. But normally they would have said, don't trust this guy. But in Daniel's case, it was the opposite. Daniel was extremely trusted. What was it about Daniel that made him different from the other captives? What was it that gave him more favor with the king than all the other governors of Babylon? Well, the answer is in the verse we just read here. The answer is right there written in, 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 on the screen. It says, the Bible says that Daniel distinguished himself above the governors, because an excellent spirit was in him. You ought to write that in your notes. I must have an excellent spirit in me. That's a good confession this year. 
I have and will operate in an excellent spirit. I have an excellent spirit in me. Not only am I faithful, but I have an excellent spirit. I have a servant's heart. I am willing to set my hand to the plow. I am willing to get my hands dirty to make sure things are correct and right. That'll place you in high places if you're willing. It's the willing and the obedient that eat the good of the land. Amen. You read that verse, Isaiah 119, 18 there in the Living Bible, the old greenback one. It says, if you'll only obey me, I'll make you rich. An excellent spirit was going to take Daniel places, and it did. Daniel had an excellent spirit. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, let me give you an example. Dan Daniel was so favored over all the other governors that they became jealous of him. That's how good he was. He was so good, so full of wisdom, talented, well-versed, all the other governors became jealous of him. And all the other governors devised a plan to trick the king into executing Daniel. That's how evil they were. All Daniel did was have an excellent spirit. He chose to honor God, to obey the word of the Lord, and to honor the person who was in authority over him. And you know what? These governors were so jealous, they planned to trick the king into executing Daniel. And as they planned this scheme out, and as they worked it, and as they whispered vicious rumors, as they dropped names, as they said this, as they said that, as they twisted things to their favor, as they manipulated other people to do their bidding, King Darius fell for the ruse. He fell for the plan. And King Darius, who really liked Daniel, who had great affection for Daniel, saw goodness in him, he scheduled Daniel to be executed. Now, in that time frame, the mere mention of the word execution was a very, very terrifying and frightening thing. If you, you got tapped and grabbed and chained and you're going to be executed, there was only one path to that. There probably were several other things they would do that weren't pretty either. But the mere mention and the method of execution prescribed for Daniel in this plan was for the convicted person to be thrown into a den full of lions. Now, I don't know about you, but they don't feed those things for a while. And when you, somebody's pitched into there, guess who's real hungry? Leo and all of his buddies, right? And they're ready. And they pitch Daniel into that den. You know, can you imagine? How many, could you imagine being thrown into a den full of lions? I couldn't think about that. That would be absolutely terrifying. I read something the other day I thought was neat. Did you know the MGM lion that roars? You know, the old, the old clips of that? Do you know that was filmed here in Memphis at the Memphis Zoo? Yeah. I did not know that until recently. And, uh, uh, but uh, this is amazing. You know, and there's a camera crew. They're sitting right next. I mean, this line in the picture I got, I, I, had to, I meant to put that up. But uh, uh, that, that line, I mean, is no further away than, than that speaker right there. And this camera crew's sitting there, and one guy's got the microphone handed out to that line, and somebody else is back behind them getting that line to roar. 
Didn't one of those guys look nervous a bit? They might have been. I don't know about you, but I was holding that microphone that close to that, that big cat. I'd be a little bit, a little bit, mm-hmm. All right? But you think about a whole, whole cave full of lions, hungry. When execution, execution time came, the king gave the commandment for Daniel to be cast into the lion's den. You know what that means, don't you? Bunch of fellas picked him up and threw him. Threw, picked him up and threw him head first into the lion's den. And the way the story goes, the stone was placed at the mouth of the den and the king took his ring, the king's ring, and he sealed it with his signet. And then all of the other governors that schemed to kill Daniel, they all took their signet rings and they sealed that, that death trap for Daniel. Well, we know the story. The next day the king went to the den of lions and he cried out with a loud voice, Daniel! 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 How are you doing, bud? Has they, have they nipped at you yet? Are you okay? Now keep in mind that the king has spent the night in the palace. He had somebody feeding him grapes and whatever, pomegranates and everything else. Sipping wine, just sitting back enjoying life. But Daniel spent the night in a pit full of hungry lions. And I don't know about you, but you know, if you've been con condemned to death and you were betrayed by a bunch of people and they stabbed you in the back, and they did it over and over. They manipulated your friends into saying things about you that were evil. And they all did it one at a time, over and over and over. How would you feel if that king that had you pitched, cast, thrown head first into a lion's den? How would you feel that morning if you survived even? You know, the average convict would probably yell obscenities back. Probably scream and say all sorts of nasty things. You wicked king. You bad man. You blankety, 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 blank. If I get out of here, I'm going to cut you up. But not Daniel. No, sir. We would expect Daniel to curse the king, but he didn't do it. In fact, Daniel chapter 6 and verse 21. You can write this down. Daniel chapter 6, verse 21, Then Daniel said to the king, and I got a feeling Daniel raised his hands towards him. He may have bowed down even. But Daniel said to King Darius, O king, live forever. He honored the man. He honored the man. How many of you have worked for somebody once? You, boy, the last thing you wanted to do was say, Oh, so-and-so live forever. Some of you shaking your head has got a big grin on your face. Because you stood in the bathroom mirror before you went to work that morning. You said everything you wanted to say, but when you got to work, you went, Hey, how are you doing? God bless you. Right? How many of you have been around people and you just wanted to mash their mouth? How dare they say that? And you had every reason to say something and snap back. Because they were ugly. Ugly. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. Hey, hey, you're ugly. 
somebody say something ugly to you without thinking because they think they know better than you. Amen. You know, uh, our pastor in Cleveland, Tennessee, to this day I have a hard time. He would always say, hey man, just call me Mark. I couldn't do it. Because he is a man of honor. He is my pastor. I may call him Pastor Mark, but I never call him by his first name. Because God called him to that office. And I honor God. Amen. First time I was in a room with Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen. Called him Brother Hagen. I'm in Doug Jones's office at Ramah. And one time I was there and he, he looked at me and said, Hey, James, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing good, Brother Doug. You honor people in authority. Daniel understood that. He, I, I want to believe that Daniel probably got on one knee or got on both knees and said, Oh, King, live forever. Did he, did he have a reason to do that? Did, did he feel like he should? Did he, did he think it was the honorable thing to do? Was it his way of begging for his life? I don't think so. I think Daniel had an excellent spirit in him. He understood what honor meant. He understood what it meant. You know, when somebody has given their life for you and has sown into your life, and has done things for you to place you in a position. And you turn and stab. Don't look for honor. Don't look for promotion down the road. Because it will not come. You'll find yourself struggling because you didn't learn a life lesson. Life lessons are made to teach you things so that you can excel in life. Daniel learned at a young age what it meant to be faithful. What it meant to serve. What it meant to be Excellent. The fact that Daniel said, O king, live forever, gets me every time I read the story. I mean, can you believe it? After all he'd went through, Daniel still had an excellent spirit. He still had a, this is, this is a great term, and we hear this a lot in our, in our uh, decades here. He had a good attitude. Amen. I remember one time, Phil, we were on the road, and we, we'd had a, it had been a rough two weeks. We went to some churches in Pecos. Well, I better not say where it was. We went to this church, and uh, uh, nobody was there to help us. Nobody was there to do anything. In fact, when we pulled up, we started unloading, and one of the ushers came out, Why are you here? We just called and canceled the service. And uh, uh, we, were just, we were worn out. We'd unloaded everything, started bringing it in. They came out and told us that. Didn't know why. Phil was not happy. They put us up in a hotel and took care of us because we were there. But we had several things happen where it was just uh, somebody at the office just did some, they, they shouldn't have been doing what they did. They were filling in for somebody and it just didn't work right. But, you know, we were all tired. We hadn't ate well. We had been uh, in hotel after hotel after hotel. Some of us had gotten sick. You don't know how bad it is when you got to get to the next date and you told the front desk clerk we're going to take two towels out of the room because we were throwing up, driving down the road, trying to get to the next date. That's fateful. <laughs> and we got there. By the time we got there, the flu was gone. We were okay. 
We got cleaned up, got dressed. I had my pink coat on, my white pants, and my bolo with my black shirt and purple polka dots on it. We was ready to have church. And that night, after I helped them drive, I didn't get to fly that trip. I remember when we got to the church, Phil wanted to talk to all of us, and he started talking to us about not having a bad attitude, and I thought, dude, if any of us had a bad attitude, we're sorry, but we just spent the last, oh, what, 10 hours, 15 hours, I think, we drove to get from where we were to go to this next church, and we were sick. I mean, sick, sick. And you telling me I had a bad attitude? <laughs> Do you know how that would rise up on your back and the hair on the back of your, you know? Come on now, help me. But when he said that, I remembered my Bible school training. It's like, no. I said, you know, I looked, I looked at Phil. I said, oh, King, live forever. <laughs> and uh, it kind of broke the moment. And I, we just explained what all has been going on. He said, oh, my God. And he laid stuff down. He began to lay hands and pray over us. And we were tired. But you know, a lot of times we go through stuff and, and we're dealing with things. But we've got to remember what's been instilled in our hearts and what was given to us by the Lord and what God's called us to do. And in the midst of everything, being held, held captive, taken as a slave, everything that they bowed and worshipped was stolen out of their temple and taken to a foreign God's land. And yet they still... This one in particular, Daniel, this one still had an excellent spirit because he didn't let go of the things that were around him. He had a good attitude. He was not affected by the things that were around him from Leo to, to whatever the other lion's names were. None of them bothered him because the Lord was with him. And he knew where his promotion came from. He knew who predicts his future. And he knew the essence of what made him great was being faithful and having an excellent spirit. Three things I want you to get from this today. That's the way we're to be, number one. We're to be faithful. We're to have an excellent spirit. That's the way we are to be. Number two, we must have an excellent spirit. We need to. There's times things aren't going to go perfect. And I'm going to promise you this. Sometimes somebody ain't going to spread your peanut butter or your jelly to the edge of the bread. It ain't going to be the way you like it. But you've got to learn to buckle up, tighten your belt, and put a smile on your face and say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. And if the Lord speaks to you and he's told you to do something and you keep fighting it, you're going to eventually have to have an excellent spirit and a faithful heart and get back down on your knees and obey God and repent. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry, and obey God and get it done. Amen. Who knows, maybe when Daniel went in there, maybe he was a little shook at first, but I think he got a hold of himself real quick when he got on his hands and knees and began to pray. Who knows? Thirdly, as Christians, you and I must have a positive attitude in life. Amen. So, Pastor, how can you say that with today's world? Well, I remember being in, I was telling Chuck, we went to lunch after prayer um, Friday. Is it Friday, Chuck? Yep. And um, 
I had a nickname. Pastor Matthew assumed that nickname too when I served at Cleveland Christian. My nickname was Pastor Slash. Because uh, we had uh, our associate pastor and his wife and family left the church. And um, the only person that stayed was myself. And I think you were in college at the time. And we worked our buns off. I mean, we worked hard honoring pastor. And um, uh, I wound up being uh, the, the youth pastor slash associate pastor slash praise and worship leader slash. Huh? Principal of the school, slash, custodian, slash. Uh, we all worked hard. There's times I'd be up there late at night, Melissa's keeping the twins, and uh, it was hard trying to paint the building, trying to get everything done, and nobody's there to help you. And to keep a positive attitude, I had uh, one of the ushers come up to me. Um, one afternoon after church, and we were working on something. And he came up and he said, Pastor James, how do you keep a good attitude? Is it just positive thinking? And I looked at him and I said, well, I definitely don't believe in negative thinking because positive thinking, I think, is far better than negative thinking. He goes, it's got to be hard sometimes. I said, yep, yep. And with a tear coming down one cheek, yes, it is. But I've been taught you do not quit. You press towards the mark and the high prize and the calling that's in God, in Christ. And you never quit. You never look back. You never stop. Even holding the hotel towel, your head hanging out the window, trying to get one of the rigs to the next date. You don't quit. See, God will honor you if you honor Him. He'll place you in positions you never dreamed of if you'll put Him first and not your feelings. Not what you think. Because it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. Character is important. And you either, you either, you either have character or you are a character. Amen? Daniel had character. He wasn't a character. That usher asked me, he says, well, I, I, do you believe in being positive all the time? I said, well, sometimes it's hard to be positive. But I don't believe in being negative. Positive thinking is better than negative thinking. Let me leave you with these two verses. You know, Proverbs 94, uh, verse 19, from the Amplified, it says, In the multitude of my anxious thoughts within me, this is where you draw the line, that comma right there. Because we all have those anxious thoughts. We're overworked. We've got a lot going on. We're tired. We're, we're hurting. Maybe you've got joint pain, literally. Things just aren't, you know, just, you know. Or maybe somebody said something to you. Somebody messed up your Cheerio bowl, and you'd like to just take that bowl and throw it at them. When the multitude of my anxious thoughts within me, it's your comforts. They cheer and delight my soul. See, first and foremost, I got an excellent spirit towards my Father in heaven. First and foremost, I will always be faithful to my Father in heaven. Amen. Your comforts always cheer me and delight my soul.
no matter what it feels like, no matter what it looks like. I think that's how Daniel was when he hit the ground in that den. But secondly, what's better than positive believing? Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, now faith is the assurance. <laughs> oh my God. The assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith, perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Amen? That's where faithfulness will take you. That's where an excellent spirit will always take you. And that's why you can stand boldly and declare that my 2024 will be the best year of my life, of our lives. Amen? Because I do have an excellent spirit. I am a faithful servant of the Most High God. Not a whiner, not a complainer, not a goofy character, but a person with godly character. A person who's patient. A person who has the character of God, which is the fruit of the Spirit, if you want to go over that this evening. Remember, Daniel was distinguished above everyone else in the kingdom because he had an excellent spirit in him. Folks, this morning, an excellent spirit will always produce promotion. And you need to distinguish yourself today with an excellent spirit. You need to distinguish yourself in this year of 2024 and beyond. And you do that with the two things we've shared already for this year's messages. Be faithful. Have an excellent spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. We've got one more message up in this series. But I want to challenge you with this today. I know sometimes the things in life are tough. <laughs> what was that slogan, that ad slogan, when things get tough, the tough get... Have you forgot about that? Doesn't mean you leave. That means you cower down and you work harder. Because you know God never forsakes you. You know he'll never let you down. Amen. Some of you got your own businesses and you've had a few things at the last part of the year that kind of just kind of got in between your skin and 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 just, you know, but you can't look at that. The devil's crazy. Did you hear me? Well, if I learned anything from Norval, the devil's crazy. The devil's nuts. If you're going to bow to that, then that's up to you. But the devil's crazy. God's stable. God is faithful. And you know what? I'm going to be faithful to him and honor him and have an excellent spirit towards him and his word and be obedient. And all of that, whoever you are dealing with something with your business, he'll flip that like a bug. <laughs> Amen. A little tell on myself here. Y'all remember Saturday Night Live? Remember Gilda Radner? Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana? Do you remember that little sketch about that little bead of sweat dripping down the nose? I laugh at that every time I go find that on YouTube and watch. 
But I want you to know something. God will flip that little bead of sweat right off your nose because he's taking care of your every need. You have nothing to sweat over anymore. All you need to do is be faithful and obey his word because your best days are ahead of you. Whatever might be aggravating you, he can take that little devil and knock it right out of the way because he's faithful. He'll honor you if you honor him. Did you learn something today? Let's pray. Amen. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, I believe you got this right out proper. Father, I just thank you that each one of us today, we set out to have an excellent spirit, to be faithful, to be faithful no matter what, because you're good to us. You watch over us. Oh, Lord, so many people jump from place to place, from thing to thing. But, Lord, when we buckle down and we obey your word, we learn things that are important in life that take us to higher places. Oh, but the things we learn, the things that we learn, the things that we apply, those things can change the course of our destiny. Father, I just thank you that everyone here this year applies your word in a greater measure to change the course of their destiny, to be somebody who's great in the kingdom because they learned to be the servant of all first. They were faithful. They had the excellent spirit. Father, we just speak a blessing over this congregation, over these people, over the staff. you got great things for each of us this year in their businesses, their jobs, their families. Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you that they all, we all do it faithfully and with an excellent spirit. Hallelujah. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not asking you to come up here or do anything. But you know, if you need to correct some things about your attitude with work or whatever, fix it. Dear God, don't waste time going around the block five or six, ten times, twenty. When God wants to take you to the top of the building, put you in the executive office. Be faithful. Just ask the Lord to forgive you for your attitude. If you've had a bad attitude, correct it. Fix it. Amen. If you're watching online, I believe everybody in here is saved today at church, but if you're watching online, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. He's got a great plan for you. He's got a plan with purpose. And He wants to change your world for you. And all you've got to do is just come before Him and ask Him to forgive you of all your sins and ask Jesus into your heart. That's it. He came and he died for you. Jesus did. Shed his blood. He was raised from the dead. And all you got to do to have him in your life is say, Jesus, come into my heart. It's so simple. Let's all pray that together. If you're watching online, you've not made Jesus Lord, do it right now. If you're in here today and maybe you need to make some corrections or just uh, you know, rededicate, do it together. Let's all pray. Pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I open... I open my heart to you, and I ask you, forgive me of all of my sins. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for me. He shed his blood for me. He died for me, and he was raised from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me brand new. From this day forward, I will live forever with you 
honoring you, serving you. I am born again. Thank you for saving me and cleansing me from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, send us an email. Uh, if you're here today and you prayed that prayer, come talk to us. We'd like to give you a Bible. We'd like to give you a couple books, but we'll send them to you free of charge. Amen. Did you learn something today? Good words for the what? Third Sunday of the year? Second Sunday of the new year? Amen. Got one more. And this one's going to be a pill swallower for sure. A big old horse ball <laughs> pill. Amen. So make sure you come back. It'll be good. Amen.